All right, here we go. Another episode of the Northwest MX podcast here on MotoTheNorthwest.com. Um, this one I'm going to do sit down with uh, my wife, uh, Megan Lancaster, and a lot of you know her from the track. Uh, she's also a, uh, I mean, she's literally, I would not be where I am now without her. Um, she does all of the back. We call that she's the CFO. Um, the chief financial officer of uh, Lancaster land here and, and everything we do. Um, if I'm the CEO, she's the CFO. So she handles all the behind the scenes um, puts together. I mean, she's the reason why the 125 dream race runs as smooth it, as it does. Um, and is as popular as it is because she's able to make it look, look better from the outside. I mean, I'm just, I always run wide open out of control at the dream race and she tries to uh, pull me back and harness, <laughs> harness everything in simply. I mean, that's, I guess what, uh, the best part about all of our wives out there is they're the, uh, voice of reason for us. But, uh, yeah, she is, I mean, she is my favorite person and, uh, we have a, a ton of fun together and I'm glad she is part of, of all of the, uh, these uh, experiences that that I've I've had here in, in really in the Northwest motocross. I mean, we've been together for since uh, 2004. We just celebrated our 10 year anniversary this year in Italy, which was an insane trip. Um, but uh, yeah, she is uh, something pretty special. So anyhow, you got have a few laughs. We had we got into some pretty good uh, funny uh, things, and she definitely thinks that I'm completely full of shit. So uh, enjoy. Thanks for listening to the Northwest MX podcast and. There will be a little bit of dirt bikes in this. So thanks for listening. Here we go. All right, here we go, Megan. Hi, Joey. Are you nervous? Yeah. Why? We talk all the time. I know, but um, I'm never, like, our conversations are never recorded that I'm aware of. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you have this thing down there in the kitchen that listens to everything oh, that you say. You're so afraid of Alexa. Alexa just sits there and... You talk to it all day long, and it listens to all of your stories. Between that and our robot vacuum, I don't know how you get by. <laughs> it's because the, the Roomba is just not quite big enough to ride around on. But if you had a bigger one, maybe. But um, then we might have to have a bigger house, which I'm against that, too. Me, so too. We don't need anything bigger. So, anyhow, uh, this is, I don't know. We s So, Mud of the Northwest started out as a... Uh, a side project that I told you that I wanted to do. And uh, it was all kind of revolving around a podcast. And back at that point, this is the very last day. I remember it was like December 30th, 2010, when I bought the domain name, I believe. Yeah, but before that, I remember driving around with you, brainstorming, what the heck to even call this thing. And I wish I had a list of all the different like weird <laughs> things we were going to call it. And then we were like... We want to talk about motoing in the Northwest, so yeah, that checks out. Right. Well, the other funny part is uh, another buddy, Kyle Galbraith. I sketched out. A f I mean, this was before any of the any of the like uh, interfaces that we use now to to build the website with, and and anything else is used. But back then, it was all code bearing. So, so uh, I gave Kyle like it was literally like a piece of notebook paper, and I had sketched out like, oh, I want something up here and around here, and and, uh, you know, can you make it look like this? And I, he either still has it or I have it somewhere and he sent it to me, but it's that sketched out piece of paper that I gave him to, I gave it to him at a RC car track. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so 
2000, last day of 2010. So then we got into 2011, started doing the podcast a lot, um, interviewed a bunch of buddies. And I realized that that was, it was fun. And, and, uh, it was fun to just be able to talk to people and hear their stories and, and hear kind of how they think, but obviously, and give other people like that reason to do that. But what's your memory of the whole thing? Yeah, but that podcast, so it was in our little house in Troutdale and you had crammed, I think your entire life into an office there, a bedroom that we called an office, including an Excite Bike Arcade <laughs> and like a hand-me-down, one of those like super old desks with like multi-tiers and like a place for like the computer tower that nobody has anymore. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you and another person fit in there. There was so much stuff in there. And I, I remember I'd walk back and forth down the hallway. I'd be like making dinner or drinking a glass of wine. And all of a sudden there'd just be like uproarious laughter coming out of the room. And I'd think like, what in the hell are they doing in there? And I didn't really, that was, was, that was before podcasts were really a thing. Like no one was listening to podcasts. I know it was uh, a little bit before it's time. I'm, uh, Steve Mathis and like the pulp show and Steve Mathis show, uh, we used to email back and forth, you know, and I would be like, Hey, listen to this. Like he started his, I think he probably was doing it another year or so before that. But I remember sharing some emails back and forth and he was like, Oh, what equipment are you using for this? And what are you doing for this? And like now the setup that I'm, we're working off of now is like, I mean, it, we're still, I don't know how much you think I spent on this, but we're still like $1,500 in on probably what, what we're using. <laughs> and uh, Hey, back, I'm the CFO. I know all things. So. Right. Back, <laughs> back then, uh, it was all kinds of different things that you were plugging in, but it was always funny um, sharing those emails and seeing what... Um, you know, what all the, what everybody else has been able to do. But the, the, the bottom line is basically just being able to share, share stories about this obviously being a Northwest MX podcast or share stories about riding dirt bikes, share stories about kind of like what's, what's kind of going on. Like, I don't really want it to be like, I, I hate like the news because the news happens to have like, yeah, it happens now in, in today's day and age, it needs to be told now. Right. Um, the stories that I like and just learning about people, right. Like, like uh just did one with Rory you know and it's like I obviously know about Rory but it's fun I think for other people to learn about like different adventures that we've had and the people have seen maybe some photos of us doing something but dig into a lot more of those and and uh some of the other things but that's why and you you and Bai always joke about the fact checking like you want to fact check me and Rory on our stories so you want to have your own podcast about making fun of the husband that's because when you guys get together and you tell a story I would say and this is generous, like 30% is probably like brass tacks true. And then the rest is some sort of like um, exaggeration, exaggeration or you're just, it's it's like 30% true. So there's 70% of the work Maya and I have to do to be like, well, like it sort of <laughs> happened like that. But I just listened to the podcast you did with Rory and there were a couple of times where I was like, yeah, I mean – most of that is true, but there's this element of, you know, are you embellishing because it makes a better story? You guys are both great storytellers. So I, yeah, it would be fun. We need to fact check you. So you're saying that I'm completely full of shit all the time. 70%. percent. <laughs> <laughs> 70% of the time I'm completely full of shit. That's awesome. Coming from somebody that, that it probably loves me more than anybody on this earth. It's only given me I'm not saying all a thirty percent success I'm rate on telling a true time. story. I'm saying when you get when you have a platform, when you've got a great story to tell, there are times. So maybe my estimates are not. Maybe I'm not being that generous, but 
There no, are times when you need to be reeled in. I think everyone would agree with me that there are times when your significant other has to be reeled in when they're like on a roll and they're telling a story. And then, you know, all of a sudden the, the bear turns into a wolf and then it becomes like a polar bear. And then it just becomes like this way bigger thing than the, the than history. Probably, you know, we write our own storybooks. We tell our own story. Right. And, uh, and you know, the, the winners in history will always tell the correct story. So I, I win, I guess I'll just keep, I'll just keep <laughs> elaborating on my 30% of truth <laughs> <laughs> into the future. <laughs> I don't know. This is why I need Maya here because she would agree with me, but I feel like you think I'm not right. No, it's, no. Maya, it's, please call. Right. Um, I'm a texter. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I think you guys are the always in history. The, the wives are always the voice of reason. I think is like probably you, you'd have to agree with that. Like, most men will say that the wives are the voice of reason of what actually happens in the house because, or what it's, let's just say in the relationship, right? Like, um, whatever is happening and we'll just be like, whatever crazy dirt bike scenario that you've remembered me doing, you know, like I'm sure it was probably what really happened was probably 30% of what I really wanted to do. Oh, <laughs> Cause yeah. you brought yeah, it down. So maybe, so maybe I was telling, so, telling the hundred, I, yep. my dream was the hundred percent, but then you talked me down and w- the reality was it happened 30, 30% of, so of you, what I really you wanted So you and Rory went on a trip one time. It was recently and it was like you went over to visit your dad in Imnaha. And when you first told me this story that you saw, there was like you saw what was probably a bear across the road but it was really far away and like I was pretty sure and we were kind of close to the, I was, I'm pretty, Megan, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that it was a bear like fairly close to us, like about to cross the road. And by the time I heard you tell this story to your sister, maybe the 10th time you told it, it was like the bear did a somersault over the road and you couldn't even believe it. And like, then it wanted to, it stole your picnic basket and like, it was just this whole thing. And I'm like, that is so different. No, that, that, that's the exact story that me and Rory were telling. We go like, as we continue to think about it, maybe the bear never even touched the road and it jumped all the way across, like hovered, it like hovered across the road. (laughs) It's for effects, but. Well, no, we we were elaborating to ourselves that way because I feel like that's how stories always get told, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. It's there's the a fishing, chain of fishing stories. There's a chain of events, and like you never really know how you really memory or or how you really remember what always happens. So maybe the older you get, the worse your memory is on all of that stuff. Anyhow, so you know why I like your podcast because like I th- I felt this way when I listened to Rory's, and it's been a while since I've listened to all of the other ones that you've archived on the website, but. I feel like, um, I mean, we know Rory and my super well because they're some of our best friends, but from the outside, you look at someone like Rory or you look at someone like you and you're, you know, you kind of know their, their personal, the personal, the, the public facts about who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. But what I love about the podcast is, you know, people have the way to tell their own story the way they want to tell it. And so I think, you know, it's, it's really, it's really powerful and it's super interesting to be able to, um, listen to the way that people spin their own stories. Like the facts are the facts are the facts, but we have the power to change what that story is and how we tell it. And I think it tells a lot about a person when you listen to the way they tell their story. Yeah. Like kind of what they, what was most important to them about the story maybe is how they remember it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting to think about like, 
uh, I always feel like sometimes when I'm storytelling, I want to make sure that the, the correct details that maybe, maybe that's it. Like different people need different details. Right. Right. So in my mind, I'm going like, it's maybe a place and it's a time and it's whatever bike I'm riding or whatever. Right. But maybe in the other person's mind, it was like, well, more, no, who are you with and who did you talk to? And, you know, so in my mind, sometimes I'll tell a story and I'll, I feel like I have all the details to cut, to paint the picture in their head. And I'm kind of getting like the nods, you know, like, okay, they, they know what I'm talking about. Now let's move on to the next part that makes the story correct, you know? And it's part of like, we talk about this all the time. Like if you're standing up talking to a group of people, like how to control like the audience and figure out like, is, are the people falling asleep? Are they following along with the story? Like whatever it is. Right. And so, um, I think it's, it could be different. It's gotta be different person to person. Cause we're all different, but it's hard to sometimes know if you're doing the correct job on like a one-on-one like right now, like, cause it look, you look like I'm talking off into the corner. <laughs> no, I'm thinking my eyes go that way and my face goes blank when I'm just thinking because what I'm thinking, well, so what I'm thinking about is, you know, I, I, I blogged about this experience that happened to me a while, a, a while ago, but I, you know, the facts were I was traveling way too much for work. Um, I was like three trips in a row and all over the country and I was sleep deprived and I really missed you and I really missed Elsie. And I was like on flight, like trip two out of three. And so, um, I, I had this like breakdown because I was, you know, we were trying to FaceTime and then the technology wasn't working and it was this whole thing. And I just got, you know, it was a super hard moment. And so I could look at the facts being, my mom's calling me (laughs) on my Facebook. (laughs) Um, I could look at the facts being like, wow, you know, this flight was delayed and, you know, this, this trip was super hard and, you know, all of the, like the, the nuts and bolts, like this is how you tell that story. But the story that I would, I tell is that flight attendant attendant saw that I was upset and she gave me a free vodka. And then the gentleman next to me was like, are you okay? Is everything okay? And it was just like this moment of, man, the facts were hard, but the story is so positive because of all of the different things that, because just the human element of the things that happened to me that day. It was like, it wasn't, the story wasn't these, these elements sucked and the day sucked and the day was hard. I mean, I could have told it that way, but you have the choice to tell it the way that you want to believe it to be true. And I wanted to believe it, that, that the flight attendant was lovely and the gentleman next to me was concerned about me. And it, right. it, it, to me, it's a positive story. That's what I think, you know, it's a different vein because that's like not moto related <laughs> to the guys that you talk about, talk to, <laughs> but I think it's the same thing. Like you have the opportunity to hear the way that they tell their story. Right. So, but I'm still 70% full of shit. Um... <laughs> I'll, I'll think, let me think about it. I'll adjust my numbers, but like not significantly. <laughs> yeah. So w- when we first started dating, like you weren't into dirt bikes at all. And then I just came out of nowhere and like, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> well, it's a story that, so let me tell this story and no, let's see how full the, of shit I am. For the record, <laughs> it, it's not like I didn't know what a dirt bike was. Like I grew up on a dairy farm and we had dirt bikes and three wheelers. Do you know, I don't know if you know this, but I had a garage sale with my family when I was probably like 10 and we bought like a little like 
a little motorcycle out of it and then I wrote it and it blew up and then we never did anything with it again but I mean so we knew <laughs> we knew what it's not like we didn't I just wasn't like um well I mean more of like an enthusiast the moto yeah like, or like the motocross involved, yeah. side of like what all happens and yeah. what good, what's in and outs of everything um and it's funny because the I remember you uh we first started dating I think it had to have been like two weeks into the into us dating like obviously our first trip together was was when we went to uh uh winchester bay mm -hmm. and i had to i didn't have a quad because i raced dirt bikes and and i hated quads and so i had to borrow this is like the ultimate like i'm gonna go try to find this chick and and hang out with this chick so i had to i had to really i had a quad right but i had to like <laughs> suck down my pride and be and call up one of my buddies and be like hey dude can i borrow your quad because i want to go to the beach oh, with man. this chick and he then really and then me. i had another buddy <laughs> i just gave my other buddy's quad to another buddy because i was trying to just ride in your truck down there and we're i was laughing at this the other day with somebody that um as we think about it like you were the first DM that I ever got. So the first DM yeah, that ever I slid. slid right in there. <laughs> I'm married, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the AOL.com days, but uh, instant messenger. But um, so we go down to uh, Winchester Bay and then like spend the weekend down there and and uh, which is another fight. I also told the story about. Remember when your helmet? Why are you pointing at me? Remember like when I'm your helmet? Trouble. Yeah, remember when your helmet fell off? <laughs> Do you remember when your helmet fell off? I mean, it probably wasn't the last time that that had happened. But <laughs> <laughs> I remember making fun of you, going, oh, "Man, if this is going to be my girlfriend, like, I need to make sure I need to make sure that she times. knows how to keep her helmet on." But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we started dating. It was probably two weeks uh, after we started dating, and you came to uh, Thursday night motocross to mm -hmm. watch a race, and I ended up uh, breaking my my or my lower leg, like right above my ankle. Yeah, that was the first motocross race I ever went to. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> right. Boyfriend just broke his leg. <laughs> yeah. And so then we go. Yeah. I remember I knew I broke it right away. So I'm riding back to the truck. I already have my boot unbuckled and off. Lean my bike against the truck. Jump in the back. I have my gear off. I'd already like took a bunch of Advil as you and my mom like walk up. Like you're just getting to know my mom. Mm -hmm. And then I know my, my mom walks up and she's like, what happened? And I go, I go, oh, I broke my leg. You know, we should go to the hospital. And, and you were just kind of standing there. Like you probably thought I was 70% full of shit at that time too. <laughs> yeah. And so my I mom. I couldn't believe how you were like so nonchalant. Like I've never, knock on wood, like never broken a bone in my body. So I, I, I don't know what that feels like, but I also know that it probably shouldn't have felt like, Hey, yeah, I think I broke my leg. Yeah. Well, so yeah. And so my mom was just kind of like, all right, I guess let's go to the hospital. So we go down to the hospital and, and then the, the nurse, they take an x-ray of my foot and then they're like, Oh, you must've just got off of crutches. Like see this little break oh, right was here. That, that time. Yeah. See this little break here. Like, you this bone was broken and this one was broken and i'm like no i was like i was like i remember limping like a few weeks back but i didn't, it was not any crutches they're like oh you might you definitely broke some of this stuff a little while ago but anyhow so long story short i have to have surgery on it mm -hmm. and so uh you take me to the hospital mm -hmm. and it's like into the day and it's an in and in and out surgery um because they put a bunch of screws in the bottom of my leg but it was uh i remember waking up and you're sitting next to me and the nurse, I just kind of come in and out of it. And the nurse was kind of, uh, 
you know, going, okay, yep, it's about time to get out of here. And, and come to find out, it's probably time for her to get out of there. You were like the only patient on the floor at that point. Like you yeah. were by yourself. And yeah. Yeah. And she needed to get home and watch her soap opera or something like that that she had on tape. But uh, anyhow, it was, because before, it, was it was before Netflix. It was before. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Be kind, I, 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 I crazy because I barely remember like kind of coming to and then I remember them because you had your old Toyota pickup truck. Mm-hmm. So then I remember them putting me into your truck and then you going going home. And at this time I lived at, out at Mountain View by myself mm-hmm. and uh, you were c- talking to your mom or something. I remember you going like, oh, you could just come over to our house and lay on our couch, you know, so you don't have to be home alone. And I remember just being like, okay, oh, whatever. Well, then I passed out and then we, I remember waking up as you were driving into your parents' house with, that you lived at at the time. And uh, I remember just, I'm like, oh, I have to pee really bad. And so you I can't believe you're telling this story. My parents are the greatest <laughs> ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you, okay. you came around, you helped pull me out of the truck mm-hmm. and then like you took my pants down. And so I'm like peeing in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like puking in the front yard. Yeah. You peed and threw up at like at the same time, which was as I- like impressive. <laughs> As as your your mom and your dad and your sister come out and like the way that I remember it is you're like holding me up uh-huh. and I'm like peeing and puking everywhere. Uh-huh. You're just like, hey, this is my boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he hi, races Joey. dirt bikes. He's gonna stay here for a few days. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. I mean, God bless your parents yeah. for uh, letting me. I don't even know how long. I probably. Who knows how long I was there, but I definitely lived on the couch it for, it seems like a week yeah, I lived on the couch in there and I just sure. got to, I like was rushed into like your family of just, I couldn't escape. I could just learn like all of what was going on because I was the just sitting there. wonderful, noisy, full-fledged integration. Yeah, yeah. The download. So yeah, it came from, uh, it came from a quick DM that slid in the first one to, uh, breaking myself and having surgery and then and then basically moving into your parents house for a week but <laughs> here we are <laughs> so what speaking of i mean so that broke you into to uh, dirt bikes real quick but how did uh what was some of like the crazier like adventures that you remember me going on where you were just like i don't know or you were like didn't want me to leave for you it was like a you didn't think i was like when i came to you i was like hey i have this idea or i have this like whatever like and you know you you had to like roll your eyes and be like "Uh." i'm always worried when you come to me and you say hey so i've been thinking (laughs) always worried i'm just like oh okay cool what's this gonna be what are we doing now what are you doing now um i don't know i can't think of like there wasn't a moment that i feel like oh my gosh she's not like prepared or ready to do that because i've always had like so much confidence in like your ability and who you are and what you do but I think um I remember when we were living at our house our small house in Troutdale you had I had come home from work and it was one of those like so I've been thinking and I was like okay and you had said I am gonna quit my job and I'm gonna leave for Mexico for a month in a van with a bunch of my friends and we're going to race the Baja 1000 again, right? It was like, that was yeah, the second, it was the second time. year we did it. Yeah. And I just thought, thought I, I remember like sitting there thinking, A, like, well, I'm, I'm glad you're, t- I'm glad you're telling me in advance kind of not just like leaving. But B, I mean, I think you only, life's short, right? Like we don't have many opportunities to do all the things that we want to do. And we also don't have opportunities. To, there's not that much time. There's not, those, some, those opportunities aren't always presented to us. 
And so when they are, like, we have to take them. So um, that was crazy because it was like, oh, that, that, like, shared income, you know, I'm working, you're working that shared income piece. So, like, is our, you know, we were saving to buy a house and all these things. You're like, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm going to go to Mexico for a month. And I, I freaked out a little bit. I freaked out a little bit, but it worked out. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember coming back after that um, trip. And uh, I remember Rory dropped me off, and I was completely broke. Yeah. <laughs> I, even my, my flip, my flip you flop. Busted had... your flip flop on a dirt bike in the sand. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> in well, Toto stuff, yeah, stuff happens when you dab a foot where you're ripping <laughs> down the beach, and you only have flip flops on. <laughs> Kids, let that be. A lesson. Yeah, but yeah, then you just have to kind of like look at everything and pick up the pieces and yep. figure out like figure figure out like where you're going and what you're doing, and then it kind of. Uh, you know, evolves into like the, the next, uh, project, but what, uh, and, and some of those, I mean, some of those projects have always been like, I've always pushed you to, to like, I don't know, try to like in enjoy like dirt bike riding. By the way, what, what bike do you even have right now? Do you even know what bike you have? Well, I'm the CFO of the family. So I think all of them are mine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The CEO doesn't own all, just the CFO. I mean, I signed the checks, baby. Because so. <laughs> we need to get you back out on. I know, it's been a long time. On uh, your bike. And now we have, I mean, this is like the evolution of where we are now from when the podcast first started. But, you know, now we have a, a four-year-old daughter that just turned four. Yeah. Now she's trying to learn how to ride a bicycle, which we both went to buy like a bike for her, which was a pretty big deal, you know, and and uh, put that together. But um, she's uh, she's doing that. We've moved out here, which it, uh, which you hated the idea first to move out here. And I was like, well, I mean, I wanted to go somewhere I could still ride my dirt bike. But then so Elsie still has a place that she could dig a hole if she wants Joey, to. I think the idea of moving here put us in like marriage counseling. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think that's why. And, you know, thank God everything worked out fine. But I think, I mean, it was, I was not for it. Yeah. I was not for it. It turned out all right. Now I am. Yeah. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears. I have a lot of good memories of, you know, just like after work, it's midnight and we're like ripping out carpet and putting floors in and you know all that stuff and it's just it's part of the journey and you know we re you know when we when we took the two bathrooms and we or the one bathroom and we took it into two we did well and your friend our friend Andrew helped with the plumbing mm-hmm. but um everything else we did by ourselves and there are there's pieces of that bathroom still well, Nick Nick with the wire sure yeah of course of course um but I mean like sheetrock um the mudding the taping like all of those things we we did ourselves and there's parts of that bathroom I look at and I'm like oh my gosh that's terrible and you've had to tell me a lot of times like you can either look at it and think gosh that's terrible or you can look at it and think yeah "Yeah, heck yeah I did that yeah for that project we always we had more on like this the addition side yeah uh, help with like drywall and stuff with with Jeremy it's like the old it's the it's the story that we laugh about because my the parents house that friends built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, yeah. My parents and all their friends, they spent every dime they had to build the house over there. And then it's like the same thing, like 30 years later, it's all of, all of our friends. And we spent every dime that we had to get, get to where we are now in, in this house. But, um, it's, uh, it's kind of like one of those experience. Well, I remember cause you wanted, you're like, let's just, 
get alone and let's just have somebody do it. I just want it done right now. And then we slowly like chipped away at it, you know, and no, it took us. So I'm a fact check you, 30 percenter. <laughs> so uh, what happened? Wait, no. you're, so, uh, so I'm full of shit. Yeah. So your Joey, your dad drew plans for a beautiful addition to this house and it was you know, much, much more than, you know, in hindsight we needed, but it was beautiful. So it's hard to look at something like that and say like, wow, this house, our forever home could be that. And so I think we looked at that and we were all in, like we, you know, we were talking to lenders and we were doing the whole thing and then um, like ready to pull the trigger. And I think we both came to the conclusion of, I don't want a double mortgage payment just to have like a second story. Like that's not worth it. I don't, I think... I mean, I'm a do-it-yourselfer. I like doing house projects a lot. And um, I I think I was pregnant at the time, so that was harder yeah. <laughs> because there was like a, you know, a lot of life changes about to happen. But I think, you know, you have to sometimes make that choice in life is like the price tag worth the outcome. And it's usually, well, sometimes it's not. And I think in this case it wasn't. So we took well, yeah, years to make I it think, what it is. I think uh... – I was just trying to, when I was, like, I was thinking about how that was the, the basis of, like, yeah, let's have a, a nice killer home, and but then it's like, well, then the family's just going to be stretched out all yeah, the time. Yeah, I did like that So then that. it's kind of like, let's just do do only what we need, so yeah. let's get an extra bathroom, we need an office, garage. you know, so we could do that in a garage and somewhere to put the washer and dryer and whatnot, mm-hmm. but... Uh, this is the first house I've ever lived in with you that I can park my car in a garage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, because I have all the dirt bikes in the Johnny Cash shop. Yep. That's been pieced together yep. one piece at a time. Um, yeah, but it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, the other side of it that I was getting to is like, we were part of all of these little parts yeah. putting it together. So at the end of the day, just like what you're saying, right? Even I look at like the addition that we did and like, you know, I look at some of the trim that I put up and I'm like, ah, oh, it's not perfect, but uh, I, I did it, you know? Yeah. Or it's like you know, oh, that could have been better, but it's like, oh, me and my dad did that, you know, or maybe it, this could have been a little bit different. Well, we didn't have the right material, the right tools at the time or whatever it was. Right. So it's like, you kind of look at all those things. And I think that's, I think that gets lost sometimes now because I feel like everything is so commercially done that everything that you see is just another product that is not personally there. Like you look at like a lot of older people's houses and they have these little like cabinets they're like custom made and like you know all this other stuff so i think it's a funner way to tell to tell uh that story but uh we'll see what elsie thinks when she gets older and we start telling her some of those stories yeah you know our i'll tell her 30 percent of a story and you can tell her thank you for that 70 percent. Yeah. i might not want her to know the full story maybe you should stick with your 30 what's interesting about our office setup now is we have um, like a long skinny table that's usually cluttered with a lot of things separating your workspace and mine. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Right. But I'm only here. You're only here on like Mondays. Yeah. For yeah, Mondays and then like in evenings doing stuff like this. But not Monday, though. Yeah. You better you better put your shield up. I'm going to throw shit at you <laughs> during your conference calls. <laughs> <laughs> what? So what do you think? uh what do you think about Elsie racing a dirt bike when she gets older? I think I'm up for whatever she wants to do as long as she has fun while she does it. Like if there's, if she feels like stressed out, like, like stressed out to where it's like anxiety causing, you know, I think if there's, if she feels like there's too much pressure on her to, 
to be something or do well, I mean, a certain amount of pressure I think is good for you. But I think yeah. if it's if it's to a point where it's not fun anymore, then I'm not for it. But and that goes for anything. Like if she wants to do volleyball or soccer or you know dance or whatever it is or dirt bikes, you're not going to be once a, it you're not going to be fun. out there like yelling at her on the track. No, you're going to be like go or no more <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> 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 can you get graphics for her that are unicorns and rainbows I mean, oh i'm you sure can do anything i'm sure fusion, fusion will do graphics anything. can dial them in with anything but um yeah scott i'm sure scotty's already working on them yeah. if he listens to this one <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i don't know it's uh it's uh i that you know and we've wouldn't my my main plan of trying to get out here and just get back into the country was i wanted her to be able to do whatever she wanted. Yeah. You know, I mean, at that point we didn't know we were having a kid yet, I mean, but yeah, we like knew that there was a future plan her. for it. Right. And so I love watching her just being able to like run around and do that stuff and, and, uh, pretty much do whatever she wants and throw worms at you. So what, what's the worm story then? Well, it, why am I, why do I always tell your worm, you're, you're scared of worms story wrong? Well, I'm, the thing is like, I'm not scared of worms, but you always say, that you're scared I don't of worms. like them, but like if I'm in the, I mean, like you know, like I garden and I have to feed mealworms to the chickens. Like it's not like I'm gonna like run, run away if a worm like you know slithers out of the ground or whatever they do. I don't. They make me feel uncomfortable. I don't like. I mean, it is because of the story that a girl like threw a worm and it landed on my ear and it, like got stuck and it was super scary and gross. <laughs> when I was at an impressionable well, how, age, but I'm not like How am I telling the story wrong? Because well, that's exactly how I told it. No, I think that like when I heard you tell the story, it conjured up this like image of like a worm comes out of the ground and Megan like throws her glass of wine in the air and runs away and locks herself in her bedroom and cries that's how like how i'm not fearful i'm not fearful of them uh, you're i just, just don't you're like just being them. too dramatic i just gave this i just gave away like the facts also um the incident happened at my elementary school not the farm oh. and, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't like a bunch of worms it was only like one earthworm so, so. The, it doesn't matter if i'm if I'm 33% full of shit, like it's not like this, it's, it's not like the story is a hundred percent. It's like, if I only get like 33% of the facts, right. But each fact I don't get right just goes against the original set of, of facts for the stories. Is that how, is that how the math ends I mean, up? That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you, what do you think of, uh, this Moto the Northwest project that we've been working on forever because you've been there f since the very beginning. You've been there, 125 Dream Race. You make all of the stuff happen on the back end of that. Like, uh, obviously the website and putting up these podcasts and making all that stuff go together. And you're super savvy on all that stuff. But how do you? Uh, what do you think the future holds in like a lot of this stuff? Or like, what do you think about all of this? You, do you want me to just pack it up and we can just go watch Netflix? I don't even know what's on Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what America does. I Stop trying to do anything cool watch, and let's just sit on the couch. I watch one episode of The Office before I go to sleep. And then that's all That's all that I know that's happening. And then you just circle through the menus? I don't even... When do we... Have, we don't have time to do any of that. We don't... There's no time to watch Netflix. Like, when we wrote that um, we helped... Motorsport and Bryson and Rory with the Thursday Night Motocross documentary. Mm -hmm. I mean, we wrote that when we we do our nighttime 
everything. We, you know, dinner, bath time with Elsie, read books, all of that, get her in bed and then hop up here to the office and write the script and do the voiceovers and then criticize and analyze everything that we had just done and do it over again. And that project took a long time, but you know, it was a really fun project. It was really fun. No, it was super. It was like one of my favorite. I still like get teary eyed when I watch it on YouTube. Yeah. But I think, you know, we have so many things like that that are happening all the time. So it's, it's hard to sit down and I think we should, we need to be better about it, but it's hard to sit down and be like, yeah, I'm just going to like zone out and like binge watch the show. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we did, we've done that. But to your point, I I love this project. I love seeing the evolution. I think it it took a break physically for a while, but certainly like not a break in your mind. You know, you, it's something you've always thought about. And it's always been something that um, you've wanted to grow and like encourage and bring more people into the mix and make it be something even bigger. I think, you know, you 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 just love you've taught me the love of this community and the love of right. the sport and so it's it's definitely like evolved right because it yeah. initially like i wanted it to be like oh i'm just gonna do like northwest like news you right. know with the podcast and all that and stuff. the race schedules and the results and yeah. all that stuff. and then you yeah. realize how impatient everybody is and if you don't have the news up like the next day or you don't have the photos up the next day or you didn't talk about the right person that happened in right. that race that day that then I mean, you can never make everybody happy, but well, at the same time. Well, and the way time, we consume news right now, like these, like anymore is so immediate. Like right. it's instant graf- gratification. Yeah. I mean, this was central. still, yes. Yeah, I mean, now is even more, right? But yeah. this is before Instagram. This is before like, you know, this was back in 2011, I guess right. is when we first started doing it. So, and then it was strictly like moto. Well, then it's like a you start, I, I continually start doing more and more off-road. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, there's all these off-road adventures that we could do. And let's talk to all these off-road guys. And then, uh, and, and old buddies I used to race with. And then uh, as I started to really look at it, I realized like, I've always been the type of person, like I love to just make people like smile and laugh and like people having fun. Like I'll, I'll like make fun of myself to make somebody else have a good time just because, I can have a good time. Like I'm fine. Like, but let's make these other people have a good time. I mean, that's a kind of the dream race is about. Yeah. Like, I want the stuff to happen. If I was there at the track, that's what I would want to come yeah. see. And that's what I'd want to do, which is, is tiring to make. I mean, I'm destroyed each day at the dream race. Right. But at the same time, like that's slowly what I think Moto the Northwest is, has turned into is kind of like that stop with the bullshit like this grab a dirt bike and smile and have fun like and I think we put that on the website too like it's celebrating the culture like there's it's not so I mean the racing world is um, is so incredible and it's so powerful with the community that we have here in the northwest but there's also so much more that that culture means and that's why I love the dream race so much is because it is that but it's like it's it's fun for everybody you know right yeah and it's uh it's like an insane project to, I mean, still I was, I bump into people all over the place. Like when I was down at Anaheim one, I'm just like walking around and everybody's like, Hey, dream race this and dream race that. And I'm trying to like figure out like, what, what are we going to do this next year? Like what is going to happen? <laughs> How do you, you one know? up yourself? Yeah. Know, that's that's so the hard. hardest part is you all. And then that's my, that's my, uh, I always have to do so. Like, how do I make it better? Always. I need to make it better than it was before and better and this needs to be better and then there's only so much time in the day there's only so much time you can do it's only daylight for so long 
you know you can only like the on the side of me though that and last year you know having well kit's kit's been involved mm-hmm. for a long time and then all three of us sat down and you know as it continued to grow um and uh and and put it together like the three of us um sat down and we're like all right we need to f- what's the next step that we need help with because this is growing out of all three of our hands you know and uh we, we basically thought that you know the sullivans were like the next ones to bring in and having rory and maya help out with a bunch of it and it was exactly like a key that we needed mm-hmm. but that's like the hard part now is like how do you people have all always have problems with it but how do you like create something and then like hand the keys to somebody else to make sure that it's done the way that you want it done you know like to where whatever it is right like if you start a business out and you want to do um maybe it's like a let's just say it's like a magazine right so maybe at the beginning you're taking the photos because you know a certain look you want to do you're writing the articles because you want it to sound the right way and then you're doing post-production and building it to make it look the right way and sending it off to the printer right well as it gets bigger and bigger and you're adding more and you're getting you know more stuff in the magazine right at some point somebody else has to start writing articles somebody else has to start taking photos somebody else has to start designing and so then your initial idea like like starts to like get foggy kind of but you got to just know that you have the right people in place you know that you've brought in because you know they're good at that right I think yeah and I think as long as you maintain a shared vision of your the overall outcome you're in a good place and I think through you know just the constant communication that we have as we lead up to like it's essentially a campaign you know that leads up to like an event that's the culmination of that campaign right as long as we continue to keep that shared vision in mind everything's going to be okay and I think also like we we have really good people involved and really good people that just surround us in general and we're super lucky about that and we have to just trust the fact that Someone might do something different than we do, but that doesn't mean it's not right. It might be better, which right. is even a bit a better elevation of what's been happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's just an that's another part of like the evolution that'll just continue. And like that, maybe like that the person that you didn't think, you know, that that could work on that project or other projects in the future, right? Like, you know, could make it even better. Like we've talked about trying to figure out to make some sort of like a a fund with dream race to where it'll help tracks in the Northwest, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, to where they, it's like a grant system, you know, to where we take money from the dream race and give it back to like, you know, like I know everybody wants new bathrooms at Washougal because, you know, like I'm sure somebody's grandpa took a crap in the same toilet. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the, this year at Washougal. <laughs> that the grandkids are right now, you know, but it's just like, you know, tracks are all, always trying to figure out what the best place is to put their little bit of money that they made, yeah. you know, not just to keep the place open, but what, do, you know, what it's do we hard. do to do that? So we've talked about, we've talked about doing those things, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's been a, uh, those, uh, projects are, are, uh, are crazy and they take a lot of time to put together. And now I'm, bringing more projects onto our plate. Wait, can we rewind? How do you feel about the evolution of this project from 2011 in the overcrowded Excite Bike office in, uh, in our little house to now? Um, I think I'm, by restarting this podcast, by, I mean, we've, for the first time ever, we have like t-shirts and some hats for sale, mm-hmm. like on, you know, on the, 
on the site and it's like i've always they're cool too i love my flannel yeah <laughs> I, well i think i go back to that way right like i've i've always kind of like put my stuff to the side while i want to help other projects or other stuff going or connect the right people doing whatever it is right so i think it's it's to the point now to where I want to start kind of looking at some of this and more reevaluating like what it is, right? Like Mm -hmm. early on, it was like news all the time. Let's do this. Let's put post more photos. Let's make this happen and let's do this. And now it's like the podcast is what I've always loved to do because it just allows me to sit down and talk with people. And then people seem to enjoy listening to, to whatever's happening. Um, And then uh, just the overall message of like, the having fun, um, with dirt bikes, you know, and kind of calling out people too, that like, are, or I guess I'm 30, I'm well, 70% full of shit, but <laughs> maybe calling out people that are, you know, 75 to 80% full of shit. I'll say like 60, 40, 60. <laughs> I'm comfortable with adjusting to that. 50, so 50. Now, okay. So I don't know. <laughs> so I'm not full. I'm not as full of shit now as I was at the beginning of the podcast. So I'm, I'm slowly starting to get back. some of what i thought but no my my point was like to call out people that are like i just hate it when people complain and don't realize that like every single one of us is like living a dream of somebody's doesn't matter if like you're you have a shitty pickup truck and an old clapped out whatever dirt bike like there's some kid that wish he had a clapped out dirt bike you know or a clapped out pickup truck to drive around in like he's just sitting at home maybe he has a dirt bike doesn't have a truck to even get it somewhere you know or or whatever maybe there's a you could go on and on right like somebody's not even lucky enough to ever learn how to ride a dirt bike or can't you know like to your point like like uh i learned a lot when you worked for jdrf when you you would come home and ALS, yeah. yeah als association you work for jdrf now but you would come home and We'd be eating dinner. You'd be like, oh, hey. I'd be like, hey, what happened today? And, you know, ALS is such a terrible disease. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, do you remember meeting that family? Like, they, you know, he passed away. And this, you know, this family, like, they passed away. And this, I met this new person today. It was diagnosed. And they have, you know, less than two years left, you know. And then you would look at me and be like, how was your day? And I'd be like, oh. Uh, Traffic was bad. Or, no, or I got a <laughs> flat tire on my dirt bike. Or, you yeah. know, like I you know, whatever stupid thing that I had and I had to like reset, you know, set myself yeah. into like any problem that I had was not even close to like the problems that like other families and like other people deal with like in the world. And so like, I always like to call people out on their bullshit when they're complaining about stupid dirt bike shit, you know, and complaining about like, I hate that this family puts their entire livelihood on the line to keep their property open so we can go race on it. But yet they won't you know, I don't know, build a new bathroom or something, you know, it's like, well, shit, you probably have a hammer in your garage. Are you going to show up when we put together like a work party? Are you just going to still sit there? Oh, well, you know, I have other things to do, like clean my barbecue or something like that. You know, like I just love trying to call people out like that, like going like, Hey, like as a community, Northwest motocross in general, like we need to stick together. There's way too many people out there that are trying to tell us that we can't, ride on our own tracks that we can't ride in the woods and we can't do all that and that's like where the moto the northwest Mm -hmm. challenge came to because it was literally like oregon set aside all of this land for us to ride and it's free to go ride and you're sitting there complaining that there's nowhere some people on the east coast 
there is zero places to go. Yeah, we're so it's lucky all It's here. only public land over there. Like, I posted some of that, and some friends and some people on the East Coast were like, there's 52 No places. way you guys yeah. have that many places yeah. to go ride. And so I think everybody needs, like, a little bit of that kind of ego check in in your lives no matter what like i do all the time like when i'm sitting there and i have to like step back from whatever or put the phone down or shut the laptop or walk away and go like this is not important enough to like you know like be in an argument or something happen over right because we're all super lucky to even be in the position to be arguing <laughs> right you get in those moments and you're about like oh everything is so hard and i'm so bummed out about whatever but again, like back to my point earlier, it's you have to shift how you view that story. How are you viewing what your reality is? You have the power to change that. And I, I think, you know, to your point about like someone's for those people, like the track owners and people who are, you know, they're making sacrifices to, to, or, you know, the, the public, the private track owners who are like, yeah, I'm doing, I've made this place for my friends to come ride and people complain about it or whatever, you know, I, there, my my aunt Linda, she has a saying where there are help there are people there are helpers and then there are people who sit back and ask if they can help. And I think you know you have to look at your the community that you have that supports you, and make sure that those those people are helpers because you know nobody nobody likes to build anything by themselves. Like our house built by you know built by friends. Right. No one likes to build anything you know something by themselves. People don't like to do things. They don't. No one wants to feel like totally alone. But when you are able to surround yourself with, with those true helpers, not people who are going to sit back and crack their bur open and be like, hey, it looks like hard work. Can I help you? And then they, they don't right. really help. Yeah. That's not the kind of, you know, community that you want. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's all important. I mean, I think in general, there everybody in in that rides a dirt bike in the Northwest is pretty. I mean, I get it all the time when I'm down in California for work, right? Yeah. It's like they call it's like oh, that must be like a pack nor- northwest thing, I know, you know, because so he's lucky. like, you guys are so nice. I remember when you when I brought you down there and and you had like you could go through the Fox store and just get anything that you wanted. <laughs> yeah. And I was in a meeting. I was like, hey, just go shop and get anything you want. And then uh, Dave goes up there and you have like three things. Yeah. And Dave comes back laughing excited. and he's like, you guys, you're just northwest people, man. Like you had rain of like of everything in there that you could have got. And it's like, if it would have been somewhere from somebody from down in California or something, they would have backed the van up. They've been like, I need shit. I need shit for like my cousin's that's brother. Gross. And do you have any that's dog stuff? And yeah, that's, uh, that's what they said. No, but I don't believe it. Anyhow, you're just like, yeah, I found like after like an hour of shopping, yeah, I've got like two t-shirts if that's all right. <laughs> You're cute shirts. <laughs> I really like them. But I think that in general, I think that's a packed Northwest thing. And that's why it's part of, it's always fun. Like you go to the track and people are always like generally like excited to be there riding or you go like drive out in the middle of the woods or go wherever. And like people are just excited to like to go ride and, and uh, have an adventure, you know, like in, you know, like there's so many good places to to ride on that side of things along with all the tracks. And and uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a fun atmosphere. You know, uh, to be you in. know what else is fun? I think because I don't race. I ride a little bit with you, although it's been a while. I think what else is really cool about this culture that we celebrate with Motor the Northwest is how um, inclusive and positive, like, you know, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, the people who are, you know, cheering every cheering their people on, you know, on the mm-hmm. on the sidelines, how inclusive they are to other people who are there supporting. I mean, when I started following you and your journey and, you know, watching you 
Yeah, at PIR, Oshugul, at Albany, you know, and then do the PRO series, like all of that. I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. at this, in this, in this like network of people. I didn't know anybody. And so really quickly, like a lot of, a lot of girlfriends and wives and just people at the track reached out and were like, hey, you know, come barbecue at our place or, right. hey, you want to drink a glass of wine and, you know, tonight over here. And it really quickly helped me feel like I was part of this super special club and I'm forever grateful for that. I mean, there's still some of my really good friends now. Right. And, and I'm forever grateful. I don't think you have that even in the Northwest in every, in every sport. Yeah. The Moto family. And that's, it's huge. If you're involved in it, like everybody knows that, like yeah. it's, it's, is a family. It doesn't matter like what's, what goes on. So you just take Elsie there and like just dump her off at the track and like people will be like, just see this blob of hair running around be like, Oh look, that's <laughs> must be Elsie. <laughs> that's Elsie. We can read. Uh, we, we know what camp she's from, you yeah. know? And it's like all those little, little yeah. kids you see running around. And now it's like, you see them, you growing older and, and oh. uh, you know, I mean, a lot of those older podcasts, like I think there's one I need to find the, the bummer part is like the original we- website, mode of the Northwest had all of the podcasts on it. And the only ones that I was able to get on there that we'll put in like an archives is the only ones I could find because the computer that I had that had them all on there, um, the hard drive failed. Mm -hmm. And then it was in between changing from the old website to now the new website. I thought that they were all on the old computer. Um, or I think it was the wrong computer maybe that I thought that they were all on hard drive. And so when I got rid of the old website and we started with the new website, I thought that they were all on the other one. I could just pull them over. Well, instead of saving them all off the original website before I switched it over, I ended up losing like a ton of good podcasts. And I feel like one of them, I can't remember which one I was just thinking of that, that would have been on there. I think, Oh, that's what it was. It was a top gun one. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, uh, Justin, Justin Hill, I believe was on it. And he was just a kid at that time. Right. And then, uh, um, I think it was maybe like, Darian Sinai like also and he's you know traveling the world racing GPs now and it's like it's funny like I remember just listening to that even back then going like this you know these kids will be they're gonna do something right so this is yeah yeah, this is this is pretty funny but um but yeah I don't know we'll see where it goes we'll see what's happening I mean you have your your own blog going too and and everybody that follows you on that loves to hear you write maybe I can get you to write a story on Motor the Northwest I think you probably could. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we should probably go pick up Elsie. Yeah. This was easier than I thought. Do you want to go have sex real quick, though? Um, Maybe. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, Did we have sex? I don't know. No. I I mean, really, nobody will will know. I mean, well, except maybe the GoPro that was sitting on the uh, dresser recording, but... Anyhow, um, yeah, Megan, uh, my wife, <laughs> pretty funny podcast about listening to, uh, or I guess learning that I am maybe full of shit, but, uh, I don't know. We'll never, we'll, I guess we'll never know. So anyhow, just want to, um, say thanks to her though. She, uh, is always a huge part of, of everything that happens, um, in my life and what we do here at Moto the Northwest. So thanks for listening and, uh, we'll see you at the next one.